This is Faithful Sayings, broadcast by the Leon Valley Church of Christ. I appreciate you tuning in. It's good to be with you. Uh, We're going to be talking about texting today. Everybody knows what texting is, right? And according to one survey, 91% of teens with cell phones actively text. And so that's an incredible statistic and It's probably higher now. That's from an older study, but that's a statistic that parents and elders and preachers need to pay attention to. It's the primary method, preferred method of communication among young people, and that will probably only continue. And we need to understand the dangers of openly and continually communicating. You know, most of us have these phones at our fingertips, just like we discussed last week, we have all these bits of technology that in some ways are blessings and allow us to communicate in ways, you know, more immediately than and conveniently than we ever have before, but in other ways they can be uh, very dangerous. And so we have to be knowledgeable and teach our children about the, the opportunities there uh, and the dangers that are there. So here are some dangers I think we should consider with with texting. Um, instant communication. So James tells us in James 1.19 that we need to be slow to speak. We need to be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger. One of the reasons we know texting is so popular is that it's it's just easy. It's and it's quick. Uh, You know, you can just rattle off a few things and send it. And that's, you know, that's just been unheard of until, you know, recent years, like in the last couple of decades. Most texts that are sent are read within three minutes of being sent. So 95% of texts will be read within three minutes of being sent. And on average, text messages are read in under five seconds. Right. So that's the average response time or the average read time under uh, under five seconds. And then the average response time for a text is 90 seconds, right? So you think about that in light of Bible teaching, James 119, being quick to hear and slow to speak and, and slow to anger. That's It's one avenue of communication that it's, it becomes very easy to you know rattle off something that we're going to regret or that it, we didn't give a lot of thought and consideration to. And, and many times it's not something we have to give a lot of thought and consideration to like it's just a simple yes or no or I'll be there or I'm on my way or something like this but <clears throat> you know a, a lot of times more lengthier conversations are being had uh, via via text more relevant kinds of of conversations and so that presents a challenge um, to follow James James's instruction and we need to um, be thinking about be thinking about the Holy Spirit's will for us God's will in all communication. Ecclesiastes 5.2 says, Do not be rash with your mouth, nor let your heart be hasty to utter a word before God. So with instant communication, you know, of any of any kind, texting, you know, uh, DMing, uh, you know, social media, we, we can find ourselves speaking, typing, without giving much thought to what has been said or what should be said. And really... Consider does any is should I be giving any response at all to this, which is sometimes you know the the best response, and so we have to train ourselves to be to be this way, to be quick to hear, slow to speak, because 
our culture, you know, we're, our training is just to be uh, quick in response and, you know, to try to be witty and try to be clever or whatever, uh, rather than, you no, know, first I need to be quick to listen, understand, think through what this person is saying, and then think through what I need to say, if anything, when I, when I reply. So instant communication is a, is a big challenge uh, that we need to consider in following James 119 and other passages that teach us the same thing. Uh, distant communication is another, another hurdle here. You know, the preferred method of communication by most people today is not face-to-face conversations. You know, it, it, you know, went to, from being that to being, you know, talking over the phone. And even that's not really all that, that prominent anymore. It's simply just those, um, those messages, type, type of messages that we use online, on social media posts and, and on our phones and texting. And so, as we know, that's it. It's convenient for, you know, that those non-critical information messages that we sent, like I'm going to be late or, you know, sorry, the game is canceled or whatever the case may be. But it becomes troublesome when, you know, the conversation turns to more important things. It's hard to have a meaningful, constructive conversation uh, through through text. It's not to say that it can't be done or that things can't be can be constructive, but face to face interaction, you know, we we have you know immediate connection there between the speaker and the listener. And when the roles are, are reversed, you know, there's the eye contact, there's the vocal patterns, there's the tone and the voice, there's the hesitation, there's emotions and expressions, you know, that just aren't going to be able to be conveyed in the same way with a text message. And so, you know, I think we need to give serious thought to considering, um, you know, when we need to have those, those kinds of conversations, serious matters, serious conversations need that, that kind of setting, you know, you, it's hard to imagine the prophet Nathan confronting King David through texts, saying what he said in Second Samuel twelve, right? No, nothing can ever take the place of face to face conversations, right? That's what we were designed to have. Again, it doesn't mean you know text messaging is wrong. It certainly can be, but it's not the most efficient. It's not the most effective means of of communicating important uh, serious matters. When there's conflict, when there's confrontation, when someone needs encouragement, when someone needs sympathy, um, that you know those things again can be conveyed through text, but they carry much more depth when spoken in in person. Um, the other thing that texting does is, is that it creates a false sense of security. You know, there's a private and casual nature of texting that can bring us to rationalize the use of inappropriate messages. But the, we have to remember the Bible's teaching again, Ephesians four twenty nine. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up, as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to the hearer. Uh, so that that applies to all of our communication. What comes out of our mouths, whether we're again typing it or saying it face to face. So we can't allow ourselves to be deceived into thinking, well, you know, this is online, so it doesn't really count. Well, no, it uh, you know, of course it does, right? We. It's a message that's originating with us, and however we get it out there, we're, we're accountable for it. Proverbs 18, 6 and 7 says, A fool's lips enter into contention, and his mouth calls for blows. A fool's mouth is his destruction, and his lips are the snare of his soul. 
And then Matthew 12, 36 and 37, I say to you, Jesus says, that every careless word that men shall speak, they shall render account for it on the day of judgment. For by your words you shall be justified, and by your words you shall be condemned. So, again, any words, whether they're spoken or written or typed, we have to keep those teachings in mind from the Bible. Whether we're talking about, again, emojis or GIFs, pictures, videos, so far we've just you know mentioned uh, texting and words, but you know text messages now can include so much more for better or worse, and often is the case we use it for for worse. Um, but whatever whatever I'm sending, whatever picture or video or words I'm I'm sending, does it fit those descriptions? Uh, is, am, am I giving the kind of discernment and and caution to those things that the Bible is? Um, calling me to have, and do I filter out those negative, sinful images and words? Um, it seems it, it seems private, but God hears every word that we speak and every every text that we send. He knows what we'll say even before we say it. <clears throat> Excuse me, as David said in Psalm one thirty nine and verse four: Before there's a word on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you you know it all. And so my speech and every method, manner that I express myself, it has to be speech that, that glorifies God. And so I have to ask the question, would God be pleased with what I'm about to say um, or what I'm about to send uh, on Facebook or on my, on my phone? The other danger here is that it threatens the safety of others. Every day, nine Americans are killed from motor vehicle accidents involving distracted drivers. So texting while driving is is a growing threat to safety. You know, you used to not see that talked about very much, but now there's billboards, right? There's advertisements everywhere that, you know, that show the statistics or, you know, are, are saying put down your phone or something like this. So it, it makes a, a crash while you're driving 23 times more likely to happen. Uh, you know, you take your eyes off the road for four to six seconds at 55 miles an hour. You, you've driven the length of a football field blindfolded. So it is dangerous in, in that regard. And as we think about texting and driving and the danger associated with that, you know, that falls under the, you know, the, the second greatest command to love your neighbor as yourself, right? What, am I exercising the same kind of care and consideration for other people on the road as I would have them exercise for me and, and my family. Um, so to text and drive is to put not only your life in danger, but also the lives of others. And we know that truly loving others as ourselves and and having their best interests at heart means doing them no wrong. Romans 13.10, love does no wrong to neighbors. And so we have to have, we have to ask ourselves, am I really having other people's best interests at heart if I'm texting and driving. It's not uh, something that's talked about a lot, at least, at, and, you know, I'll, I'll speak for myself and my experience among other Christians, but it is something that we should consider and, and act appropriately. Texting and driving is not regarding others as more important than yourself, as we're called to do in Philippians 2.3. Texting and driving is not looking out for the interest of others. Texting and driving is not treating others the way I want to be treated. It's reckless. It's irresponsible. And so whatever conversation, whatever I need to say over the phone is not worth putting 
the lives of others at, at risk. You know, I need to pull over or, you know, adopt the counsel that we discussed earlier. If, it, if it's an important matter, well, then it will deserve more of our attention uh, than just sending sending a text. You know, we need to make an arrangement to sit down with that person if we can or call them when we're available to, to do that. You know, we say we love our neighbor as ourselves, so let's demonstrate it by being careful to consider how our actions affect others. Um, so what's some advantages here? Well, I, you know, I'm kind of glanced over them at, at the beginning. You, you know, it is that instant communication does make it a quick and easy way to reach out to others, uh, to send them uh, an, an encouraging word when we think about them in, in the moment. Proverbs sixteen twenty four: pleasant words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. Proverbs fifteen four: a gentle tongue is a tree of life. Proverbs twenty five eleven: a word fitly spoken is like apples of gold and settings of silver. Proverbs twelve twenty five: anxiety in a man's heart weighs him down, but a good word makes him glad. Proverbs twenty five twenty five: like cold water to a weary soul, so is good news from a far country. So words are powerful. Again, for better or worse. And through texting, we, we do have the means to encourage others quickly and, and with ease. Maybe we can just send them a Bible verse. Um, if we know that they're having a, a hard day, you know, just shoot them a Bible verse. And that lets them know we're not only thinking about them, but here's something from the Word of God to uh, encourage you. So it can make it easier to, to do that and to lift others' spirits. Um, we can just send them a quick text to say, you know, I'm praying for you today or what, um, your, your test or your interview or whatever's, whatever's going down or your, whatever difficulty may be happening. So you can do that in a matter of seconds. Um, you know, when we consider Hebrews three twelve through 13, we have this responsibility. We read there of building up one another and we're to be proactive and strengthening each other and building up each other. Hebrews 3, 12 and 13. Take care, brethren, that there's not an evil, unbelieving heart that falls away from the living God, but encourage one another day after day as as you see the day drawing here. So that's my paraphrase. I'm, I'm fusing a couple of passages together there. But but the point is, is that we do it day after day. We have this responsibility to reach out and lift up those who are discouraged, struggling, who need help before it becomes too difficult and before it becomes too late and they're hardened by sin and no longer willing to listen. Encourage each other daily. So there's a challenge for us, right? Am I finding an opportunity each day to, to connect somehow with my with my brethren, offer my help, share uh, my, my love, send them that verse or sending uh, them, you know, how are you and and pointing them to to Christ with texting, you know, we don't have have an excuse. We don't have an excuse, and that's one of the things that comes from it as a blessing is that we have this. Most of us have these devices just sitting right at our fingertips to keep us connected with each other. And if we don't have a phone, we certainly have a computer. We can shoot an email off, and there's just so much ease and availability here to do that to reach out to one another every day. But again, it's not a substitute for uh, assembling physically and face-to-face interaction with, with our brethren that we also so desperately need. And so let's end with this reminder that we know that God has a plan for us 
and a will for us and how we're to glorify him. Uh, but so does Satan. Satan has a plan as well. And for every good thing we do with our electronic devices, phones, computers, or otherwise, there's an evil thing that we could also do with it. And so every day we have this choice. Am I going to use my phone and my text and my emails and my Facebook posts for good or evil? And there are so many ways you could use your phone to honor and glorify God. So something we can do is, is pray for that very thing. Lord, with every text, post, comment, or like, may I point others to you and glorify your name. I thank you for tuning in today. I look forward to studying with you again.